Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. All those beautiful people in this neighborhood. Hey, let's beautify the neighborhood. <laughs> Stay indoors. <laughs> to get ahead in business. Good luck. Thanks. Oh, and I'm glad you gave me the right finger. Sometimes you have to play ball. Chester, my company sponsors a girls' soccer team. I'm coaching the ladybugs. It sort of goes with the promotion, you know? It's a big office right next to mine just waiting for a guy like you. What the hell you know about soccer? You kick the ball down the field into the net. Try and control the ball. Forget the ball. Try and stay on your feet. Oh, I'm off to a great stop. What he doesn't know. Win the game, win the game, win the game. Could get him fired. Get the book, get the book, get the book. I can't look. Hey, what are you, a fish? What he's willing to try. What? Could get him arrested. No, you're crazy, Chester. It'll never happen. Chester put a boy on a girl's soccer team. Don't worry, if it's too tight, you'll get used to it. <gasps> Meet our new ladybug, Martha. Give her a big ladybug reception, all right? <laughs> After the game, no showers. Now all the girls are going skinny-dipping. I'm here to pick up my daughter, Martha. <laughs> get in the car quick, these hills are killing me. But let the competition beware. Let them fight. Let's try to win at something. Nobody plays the field like Dangerfield. If you keep up the good work this time next year, you'll have ten men under you. Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, Dave, can you make a women? Ladybugs. All I know is, I got a lot of balls. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week we're going to cover the movie Ladybugs from 1992. The studio was Paramount Pictures, the release date was March 27, 1992. The running time, 90 minutes. The rating was PG-13. The budget was $20 million, which that seems mind-boggling after watching this movie. The box office, well, it only made back $14.8 million, making it the 76th ranked movie of 1992, and that was domestic gross. Rotten Tomatoes, no surprise, gives it 13% rotten from 15 reviews. Roger Ebert didn't bother to do a review for the movie, but we have Michael Wilmington from the Los Angeles Times. Here is his review. In the old days, movie stardom often led to overwork and overexposure. Today, it sometimes triggers a disappearing act. It's been six years since Rodney Dangerfield's last starring vehicle, Back to School, yet his new film Ladybugs, which opened Friday citywide, is so weirdly off-center, it already seems like a relic. The subject matter, a desperate salesman forced by his boss to coach a young girl's soccer team, gets weirdly distasteful at times. The movie's basic joke involves cross-dressing. Dangerfield's hyper-anxious Chester Lee recruits his fiancé's athletic son, Matthew, played by Jonathan Brandis, to pose as Martha. Matthew accepts because he's smitten with a potential teammate, the boss's daughter. Though it's basically a kid's movie with a cartoonish structure, it's laced with lewd innuendo, jokes that suggest teenage sex, homosexuality, and even pedophilia. The core of the humor is raunchy, but the tone is sunny and even-tempered. It even tries to go for a few inspirational moments, feminist statements or, or sermonettes about overcoming fear and realizing potential. For a movie that begins with what seems to be a parody of a Werner Erhard session, 
That is an interesting switch. But Ladybugs, whose distant ancestor seems to be Walter Matthau Tatum, a Tatum O'Neill comedy, The Bad News Bears, has a, that special brand of post-70s shamelessness. It's about sex, money, winning, and getting ahead. But its villains are a greedy businessman and a machismo crazed opposing coach. It also pokes fun at the boss's snobbish, shallow wife while drooling over her tight skirts. If Dangerfield's Chester defies his boss, the boss loves it. The movie says that women don't need men to be a success, and flip-flops for final gag involving the Dodgers' Tommy Lasorda, no less. Ladybugs is like a lot of movies in the last decade. It says the system is corrupt and silly and stupid, then celebrates its hero's success in crashing it. As Chester, Dangerfield is closer to his old tight suit, eye-bulging, arm-flailing persona than we've seen in years. Jack Benny once called Dangerfield's comic shtick, I tell you, I can't get no respect, one of the heaviest in the business. But after Miller Lite commercials made him a national star, some of his movies turned his character into something else. A rich boar and salty vulgarian who had it all and flaunted it, who didn't care about respect because he didn't need it. Ladybugs takes Dangerfield back to his roots, sort of, returning him to paranoia and panic. Yet, even though Sidney Fury is a better director than Dangerfield's had before, and though it's the producers are amazingly outruddy and Ray Fredrickson of The Godfather, the movie itself has the stale, slick, worked-over look of a standard studio product, and that's the end of his review. The review from Wilmington is pretty spot on, but look, I enjoyed the movie anyway. I absolutely remember seeing this in the theater when it first came out. I think it was during spring break of 1992, which would have been my eighth grade year. Uh, And this was pretty much made for my demographic, and though as the reviewer states, it's pretty raunchy for a PG-13 movie. However, this is where the earlier generations were less apt to cry about seeing movies like this. If you didn't enjoy it, you didn't tweet about it, or immediately race to social media to complain about how the movie offended you. Especially at that age, you simply move on to the next thing that would interest you. It's no big deal. So yes, while the movie definitely was more amusing uh, when I was a kid, I still enjoyed the old school shtick from Rodney Dangerfield. This type of movie simply isn't made any longer, at least not dressed up as a teen movie, no pun intended. In any case, the movie is in my collection from childhood nostalgia, and I'm okay with that. Even if if the uptight, socially conscious filmgoers of today can't handle movies like this, the movie was never made for them anyway. All right, let's get into the main cast. Of course, Rodney Dangerfield plays Chester Lee. And Dangerfield was sort of the last of the comedic actors where a full-length movie, no matter how ridiculous the plot was, would simply be made to showcase his talents. And Dangerfield was a comic legend, even though he only appeared in a few movies at this point in his career. And he was best known for his stand-up act, his appearances on Johnny Carson, and TV commercials. Movie-wise, it was Caddyshack he was in, Easy Money with Joe Pesci, and Back to School. Jack A plays Julie Benson, her full name is Jack A. Harry, and she was best known for her comedic performance on TV sitcoms like Another World and 227. She did have a very small role as a dancer in The Cotton Club from 1984, however, Ladybugs would actually be her first major movie role in a motion picture, and that wasn't a TV movie, and I saw a crash course when I was a kid on NBC that she started, and there used to be a lot of TV comedy movies back in the day, it seemed like NBC had a lot. Jonathan Brandis plays Matthew and Martha, and Brandis was really a rising star as a child actor on TV and movies, and he appeared in a number of smaller uh, roles on TV shows, and Ladybugs was his big break. After Ladybugs, he went on to have a lead role on the TV series Sequest, which definitely made him a teen idol for many of the girls of that time. And sadly, Brandis committed suicide in 2003 at the age of 27, and there 
was speculation that Brandis was depressed about his lack of quality roles after Sequest ended in 1996 and then his subsequent waning career. The director was Sidney Fury, and Fury had been directing films since the late 1950s, most notably The Ipocris File with Michael Caine from 65, Lady Sings the Blues with Diana Ross in 1972, and then all the Iron Eagle movies, Iron Eagle 1, 2, and 4. I don't know why he skipped 4, or skipped 3, but he was also directing Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, which I'm sure he'd like to forget. The screenwriter was Curtis Burt, and Ladybugs would be Birch's most well-known work, and he had two, written two little-known films in the 1980s. After Ladybugs, I couldn't find any more writing credits for him, so I guess that kind of says it all. <laughs> all right, let's just get right into the movie. The movie begins at a self-esteem seminar that Rodney Dangerfield is attending, and the speaker at the seminar is played by Steve Landsberg, best known as Sergeant Dietrich in the TV series Barney Miller. And I remember back in the 80s where these self-esteem seminars were all the rage, and George Carlin had the best bit about what a sham these things are. Something else I don't understand, motivation tapes, motivation books. What happened here? Suddenly everybody needs to be motivated? It's a fairly simple thing. Either you want to do something or you don't. What's the big mystery? Besides, if you're motivated enough to go to the store to buy a motivation book, aren't you motivated enough to do that? So you don't need the book. Put it back. Tell the clerk, fuck you, I'm motivated, I'm going home. Going- now all of this stupid bullshit that children have been so crippled by has grown out of something called the self-esteem movement. The self-esteem movement began in 1970, and I'm happy to say it has been a complete failure. (laughs) Because studies have repeatedly shown that having high self-esteem does not improve grades, does not improve career achievement, it does not even lower the use of alcohol, and most certainly does not reduce the incidence of violence of any sort. Because as it turns out, extremely aggressive, violent people think very highly of themselves. (laughs) Imagine that, sociopaths have high (laughs) self-esteem. Oh, what a thunk, huh? I love when this kind of thing happens. I love when these politically correct ideas crash and burn and wind up in the shithouse. Here's another one that bit the dust. This practice of playing Mozart during pregnancy so the fetus can hear it. It was supposed to increase intelligence. Didn't work. Didn't work. All it did was sell a lot of CDs and piss off a whole lot of fetuses. The self-esteem movement revolved around a single notion, the idea, the single idea, that every child is special. Boy, they said it over and over and over, as if to convince themselves, every child is special. And I kept saying, fuck you. (laughs) Every child is clearly not special. <laughs> Do you ever look at one of them? Do you ever take a good close look at one of these fucking kids? They're goofy. They're fucking goofy looking. They're too small. They're way too fucking small. They're malapportioned. Their heads don't fit their bodies. Their arms are too weird and everything. They can't walk across the room in a straight line. And when they talk, they talk like I got a mouth full of shit. They're incomplete. Incomplete, unfinished work. I never give credit for incomplete work. Now, P.T. Barnum might think they're special, but not me, I have standards. 
But let's say it's true. Let's grant this. I'm in a generous mood. Let's grant this proposition. Let's say it's true as somehow all, every child is special. What about every adult? Isn't every adult special too? And if not, if not, then at what age do you go from being special to being not so special? And if every adult is special, then that means we're all special and the whole idea loses all its fucking meaning. Here's another platitude they jam down your throat. Children are our future. Children are not our future. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. Children can't be our future because by the time the future arrives, they won't be children anymore, so blow me! <laughs> yes. As you may have noticed, I always like to present a carefully reasoned argument. <laughs> Raising a child is not difficult. They try to make it into this mysterious, difficult test. Nothing to it. Easiest thing in the world to raise a kid if you follow the steps. First step, you take the kid and you put him out on the street corner. And you leave him there. You come back a week later. If the kid is still there, you got yourself a stupid fucking kid. <laughs> then you just proceed from that point. When you got up this morning, and you looked in the mirror. You will lose us when you came here this morning. You will lose us. Now, look at you. To succeed in this world, we must do everything we can to appear successful. So when people criticize you, fill you with insecurity and self-doubt, rip it out. I am great. I am wonderful. Everybody likes me. Stand up. Rip it out. I am great. I am wonderful. Everybody likes me. I am great. I am wonderful. Everybody likes me. Sit down. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You are now prepared and equipped to take your rightful places as captains of industry. You are ready and armed. And remember, when you get a job, make sure your boss is taller than you. That way it's easier to kiss his ass. <laughs> I make a joke. I make a joke. Okay, everybody, stand up. I am great. I am great. I am wonderful. Everybody likes me. I am great. I am great. I am wonderful. Everybody likes me. Shut up. Yes, the mantra of, I am great, I am wonderful, everyone likes me. The seminar ends with a joke, which is, when you get hired, make sure the boss is taller than you. That way, it's easier to kiss his ass. So Rodney drives a minivan, and it has a car phone in it. And remember when car phones were a big deal? <laughs> 
Rodney's assistant is Jack A. And what you find in all of the movies that Rodney Dangerfield stars in is that they're an excuse for random one-liners and random scenes for him to shine in. Back to School kind of being the exception because that was genuinely a good movie. But after that, they're mostly like ladybugs. Jonathan Brandis plays Rodney's future stepson, Matthew, and Brandis can't stand Rodney. But Rodney isn't a bad guy and his fiance Bess, played by Eileen Graff, just adores him. And Graff is best known for playing Bob Euchre's wife in the TV sitcom Mr. Belvedere. Anyway, Rodney is counting on a promotion at work, which means he will finally be able to afford to marry Bess. Jack A and Rodney are fun together, but they're both big personalities and they kind of chew up screen time. So everyone in the office likes Rodney and they're rooting for him to get a promotion. And what is common about these promotion plot tropes is the movie never really explains what exactly the company does. Usually the person looking for a promotion is in sales or something like that, and the boss barely knows the employee. In any case, the whole promotion angle is simply to get another part of the story going, and Ladybugs is no different. So the boss, played by Tom Park, and his wife, Janetta Arnett, only seem to care about their youth soccer team for girls called the Ladybugs that they sponsor, which this seems pretty ridiculous if you're the CEO of a successful business and all you care about is a youth soccer team. But then again, this is supposed to be a kid's movie, so you can kind of throw logic of the plot out the window. So the team lost their coach, and the boss is super stressed about the team. It's, it's really stupid, but whatever. So Rodney's been with the company for 12 years, and he's finally asking if he can get her promotion. And the boss doesn't really seem interested or even empathetic to Rodney's plea. So in a panic, Rodney decides that he needs to kiss the boss's ass like the motivational seminar taught him. And he starts bullshitting about how he was once a great soccer player. And this leads him to getting picked as the Ladybugs' new soccer coach. Basically, if the Ladybugs win the championship, Rodney will get his promotion. And there's your plot. (laughs) Oh yeah, and Jack A gets to be his assistant coach because, of course, Rodney thinks it'll be no problem since the Ladybugs have won two seasons in a row. However, the majority of the good players have moved on and the Ladybugs are in a rebuild mode as the majority of this season's players are first-timers and have or have never played before. Again, this is the standard trope for most sports movies, too. Vanessa Shaw, who plays Kimberly, is the boss's daughter. So unlike most sports movies where you get to see how bad the team is based on their first practice, this movie decides to skip the practice trope and go straight to the first game, which is predictably a disaster. The girls are so disinterested in the game that it reminds me of a story about one season, the one season, (laughs) actually, it might have been only two or three games, that my sister played soccer, in which she decided to quit when she realized nobody wanted to talk to her while the actual game was being played, and this pretty much sums up the Ladybugs team. You know anything else about soccer? Not much. All I know is, I got a lot of balls. The gags in the first game are amusing. There's one player that attempts to kick the ball out of the goal, but instead misses and kicks her shoe off, and it ends up in the goal. The coach's daughter has a powerful kicking leg, but no aim at all. She kicks the ball into the street onto a moving car. (laughs) Penny Pester is afraid of everything and she runs away from the ball. One girl dribbles straight into the out-of-bounds territory and the goalie is distracted by butterflies and allows nine goals. So we discover that Matthew was kicked off the JV soccer team due to poor grades and Rodney gets a bright idea to ask Matthew to help him with the ladybugs and give them some tips, you know, during the practice. And there's a funny scene where Jackie is trying to teach the girl some dribbling skills and they mimic the way she runs, which is with her hands outstretched, a bit like a teacup while she dribbles the ball. (laughs) 
So Matthew has a crush on Kimberly and decides to help Rodney once he discovers that Kimberly is on the team. And you get the teen movie montage where Matthew fantasizes that he and Kimberly are a couple. I doubt teen movies now would allow a montage to feature Vanessa Shaw in a sports bra while playing soccer. But since I was roughly 13 or 14 at the time of the film, this was likely the highlight of the film for me at the time. Rodney gets the genius idea to dress up Matthew like a girl and get him onto the team. Matthew is now named Martha when he's playing with the ladybugs. Of course, Matthew does great, but he's a total ball hog, and he doesn't bother to pass to any of the other players. To make it worse, he berates his own team every chance he gets, and as Rodney says, he plays like a psycho. There's a great scene in the car after the game where Rodney repeats all the things that Matthew did during the game. Something like, A girl doesn't give the opposing team the finger and tell their coach, Up yours. A girl doesn't refer to the referee as a blind bastard. A girl doesn't slap another girl in the ass and say, you're hot stuff. And a girl doesn't say, I gotta take a leak so bad I can taste it. <laughs> See, this is okay stuff. But I think the funniest scene that I remember as a kid, though I think the scene I just said is now my favorite, was when Rodney takes Matthew shopping for girls' clothes, and the two end up in the dressing room together while a customer and her little daughter are hearing the banter. Of course, it's your typical Three's Company type of mix-up. Hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to see a nice dress for a young lady. And what size is she? And what size are you? Well, actually, it's for his twin sister. They're the same size. Uh, uh, we, we have a lovely print we just got in. Uh, it's right here. I think this would be the right size. Well, I'd like him to try it on. I'd like to see what it looked like on his twin sister. Uh, we have a dressing room right over here. And I'll be around if you need me. a zipper in the back of this dress. You gotta help me. Oh, now turn around. I'll put the wig on. Come on. I'm sorry, but the dressing room is occupied. If you have a seat right over there, I'll have your dress here for you. Thank you. Isn't that a pretty dress? Just remember, we gotta be careful. I don't want your mother to find out. She'll kill me. God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Don't worry, I'll be finished soon. Ow! Take it easy, that hurts. Ow! All right, don't worry. If it's too tight, you'll get used to it. Ah. Well, what a cute little girl. And what's your name, huh? <laughs> So the next game, Martha decides to be more of a team player, though the opposing coach is a beast. Oh, this game is a big one for me today, Julie. Mullen's gonna be here. Oh, you are righteous, though. You don't know how right you are. In fact, he's walking towards you right now. Well, uh, I'll see you. I gotta go check out the girls. Chester? Oh, Mr. Mullen, how are you? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I remember our last conversation. I know you wanted a winning team, you know, but it just takes time. I mean, don't be angry, huh? It'll work out. They're getting better. I mean, you know how girls are. 
They never come through right away, you know? Whoa, you know, whoa, so whoa, 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 Chester, take it easy. Slow down. You've got it all wrong. You've made terrific progress. You almost won the last game. My wife and I are very pleased. Really? Of course we are. Are you kidding? And this new girl you got on the team, Martha? I hear she's great. Oh, she is. She is. She's really something different, you know? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I'm happy you feel that way, Mr. Mullen. <laughs> Chester, call me Dave. Okay, Dave. Chester, you keep up the good work. This time next year, you'll have ten men under you. Hey, Dave, can you make it women? <laughs> Chester! <laughs> I'm looking for Coach Chester. Oh, yeah, hi, right here. Well, I'm Coach Annie with the Beavers. And so far this year, we're undefeated. And I heard about your team. So far this year, you've lost two. Well, Coach Chester, make ready to make it number three. Well, you're pretty sure of yourself, aren't you? Yeah, well, I know what my girls can do. And I just want to tell you that your team is going to get crashed. I guess you're going to play too, huh? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you one thing, she's not two-faced. If she was, she'd wear the other one, huh? <laughs> the ladybugs are losers, Chester! Because you're a loser! What a lady. Boy, when she walks in a room, mice jump on chairs. At <laughs> uh, Christmas, they hang her and kiss the mistletoe. Oh, I tell you, if she went to a dog show, she'd win. <laughs> Chester, good luck. Okay, Mr. Mullen. Matthew does have some great ideas for the team, and he puts butterfly stickers on the ball for the girl who is butterfly-obsessed, and the strategy pays off as she scores a goal. Everything is going great until Rodney's fiancé shows up, and she, of course, has no idea that Matthew is Martha when he plays soccer. And everything is going great on the field until Matthew gets hit in the nuts. <laughs> in any case, the ladybugs win their first game. So another gag happens when Matthew attends a party for the team, but all the girls want to go skinny dipping, which of course won't work for Martha for obvious reasons. So Rodney has to go pick up Martha, but this time Rodney has to dress up like an old woman. Then you get another thing that seems to happen in all of Rodney Dangerfield's movies, which is finding an excuse for him to sing. So in Back to School, it was funny uh, him singing Twist and Shout because he was at a bar and he was kind of drunk and that kind of works. But in Ladybugs, it's just cringeworthy as he's singing Great Balls of Fire <laughs> during the montage which shows the ladybugs on a wind streak. So yeah, in general, this movie is fun in a bad way, but this montage is just bad, bad. So the boss and his wife show up to the games and drink wine and carry on like they're at a country club. Unfortunately, even though the rest of the ladybugs have improved, Kimberly, the boss's daughter, has not. So much so that the boss even wants to take her out of the game, which is a total asshole move. It's his own daughter. Rodney actually wanted to leave her in, but was instructed to bench her. The Ladybugs win the game, and then they move on to the championship. So I think this was the first time I even heard or saw L.A. Guns. And because Matthew's at home watching MTV, and the video is playing Kiss My Love Goodbye from their Hollywood Vampires album, and this is the scene where Kimberly shows up to the house looking for Martha, and Matthew has to go back and forth between the two roles for Kimberly and then his mom. Jonathan Brandeis actually does a really good job with his dual role in this film, and it's a shame he died at such a young age because he really had a bright future ahead of him in Hollywood. Of course, the charade gets discovered by Bess, and she decides to call off the engagement with Rodney. But since this is a comedy, you know this sort of drama won't last long, and the outcome will be positive, including the championship game, where the team magically becomes amazing without Matthew having to play. 
or Martha. So the coach for the opposing team in the championship is played by Blake Clark, who is a mainstay in tons of Adam Sandler films, playing you know funny side characters like Farmer Fran in The Water Boy or Jimmy the Demon in Little Nicky. As the reviewer said, there's a cameo by Tommy Wiseau at the end, and even Rodney gives his respect line at the end. He finally got some respect. Usually I have some fun facts about this film, but no. <laughs> you know who does a great uh, episode about this is how does, there's a podcast called How Did This Get Made? And they just totally rip on this for probably good reasons. But, you know, as I said before, this one's in my collection pretty much for nostalgia. Uh, but I get it. You know, like, it's not going to be for everyone. There are some kind of, like, eyebrow raising moments but look it is what it is i've always liked rodney dangerfield and that's just kind of how it is so should you go out and watch this yeah there's gonna be some scenes you laugh at hopefully you know the this episode covers that but you know if it's on you got nothing better to do you might enjoy it but if you're gonna watch rodney dangerfield movies check out caddyshack easy money or back to school and you'll be okay actually i do own me uh meet wally sparks that one's probably better than this one at least for adults all right, until next week, we'll hopefully have a better movie for you. <laughs> and God, in my DVD collection, maybe not. We never know. Anyway, we'll be back next week. See you later. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the bad beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Memories. <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff. And yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender. You can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to tpublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the Abtol Alcohola. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. The way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbean. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, 
Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world, and it's my number one podcast, signed by Science. Now, and then Science also said... Science! Science also said, my second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. (laughs) Hey, this is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass, guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to. That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up.